Hello, hello, hello. This is episode 11 of For The Record. My name is Tierney and my co-host Zach is over in London. How are you, bud? I'm not too bad. Double figures, baby. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we're kind of resuming, um, what would you say, our our usual programming this week. Uh, We're focusing on one album at Lint after last week's catch-up episode. That episode was fun, actually. It was good to do. It was kind of nice to talk about lots of different things, you know. Um, uh, As... As nice as it is to take deep dives, you know, but it was cool to talk about lots of different stuff. Yeah, that I could definitely a few records I wanted to throw out there and just, you mm. know, didn't want to bore people's arse off for a full hour talking about, but definitely wanted to give shout outs too. So no, I'm glad we got to do a little roundup like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something we should actually do, you know, every every 10 episodes. As, as it happened, it was our 10th episode or something. You know, we should, you know, do little catch up episodes as we move along. But uh, yeah, it was good fun. Um, this week should be fun as well. Uh, for different reasons, I think. Um, <laughs> so, um, for episode 11, let's just get straight into it, shall we? Yeah, let's go. Let's do we it. We are going to talk about the debut full length from Wet Leg, the self-titled Wet Leg. Uh, they're a two-piece. They're indie, indie rock-ish two-piece. Uh, Rianne Teasdale and Hester Chambers, they're from the Isle of Wight. Uh, like I said, this is their debut full length. Um and it's been released to like universal acclaim. Uh, it's got like an average score of 87 on Metacritic, which is ridiculous. Uh, some of the comments uh, about the, the record include, um, so this is on all music. It's rare that a band is so fully formed at the start of their career, but on their self-titled debut album, Wet Leg, deliver more of those immediately memorable hooks and relatable witty retorts. Uh, Robin Murray and The Clash call it the most infectious, alluring, irresistible and downright fun debut record that's come our way in a long, long time. Uh, DIY gave it five stars and the writer Lisa Wright said, it's a slightly wonky worldview of the band themselves that really elevates Wet Leg into the realms of the truly special. Don't be fooled by the prairie dresses and sweetly innocent vocal delivery. Rihanna's bite and gleefully revels in the rude one-liner. An enemy, the rag that it is. The album rushes with liberating infectious joy and call it an instant classic. So that's quite the quite the preamble, quite the build-up um, for a, de- a debut record. Um, quite the hyperbole. Little bit, little bit. Um, so this is your choice for this week. Um, and I'm just going to hand over to you. I'm going to let you dive into the album and tell me your feelings upon it. And I will come in towards the end and I will let you know. Okay. My, my thoughts. You can if that works. as you see fit though. Don't, don't. Yes, I shall. So like, like I said, uh, in the roundup episode last week, we don't do these things in a timely fashion. No. By the time people are hearing this, I'm sure most people will have actually been exposed to the Wet Leg album in some form because there's definitely Domino Records, their label, are going fucking hard on the marketing for this. There's pictures, billboards everywhere. There's They're really pushing this debut, and they obviously know that there's... I mean, like I've said before, I work in a, in a, in a record shop of some sort, and, I mean, we had to get something like... Like when a popular new album comes in, we get like 40, maybe 50 copies to really tell. We, we got like something like 200 copies in. That's that's like a Dell numbers for wow. for an indie pop band. So, I mean, I'm trying to actually remember where. I think I just kept seeing Wet Leg pop up in places because I knew their first kind of breakout singles came out like last summer. So I mean, they, they've been building this groundswell of momentum based on the viral success of these for the, the, of the first slew of singles they put out. And the, the hype for the album was building and building. And I just heard someone mention, oh, the Wet Leg album is going to be really popular. It's going to blow up, yada, yada, yada. And I just thought, oh, I'll, I, I know I've seen this pop up on YouTube, this, this band with the two women, uh, two young women. And I was thinking, I got to check this out. And... I looked them up. Oh, this is only a couple of months, but I would say just before the album dropped, I kind of I got in just before the the boom, uh, just to kind of just to give them my own little bit of a, an assessment. Now, <clears throat> the first single, the big single that everyone has been talking about, is called Chase Long, and when I first heard it, I liked it. I wasn't wowed by it, but I liked it, and I thought mm-hmm. there was something to it. There was there's 
there's it's it's really monotonous and it, it's it's downplayed and it's deadpan and and that that can always go one of two ways that can either just fall flat as fuck and be really bland and forgettable or it can have this 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 wit and this charm to it and and i really found that with chase long but i wasn't blown away and then mm-hmm. the fall i think the very next night it was in my it was playing in the back of my head it was like well, how did that song go again and i looked up chase long again and it really clicked at me and then i looked up a couple more singles so anyway i'm gonna i'm just gonna get into the album now i just wanted to, i'm very new to it myself so i knew Vegas. Well, this is a new band, We're like a brand you know, new so, band, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So, the brand spanking new. We're not supposed to have known about them before no, their no. existence. Like, but, but what, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is that I, I kind of went into the album with a couple of tasters in mind. So, cool. So I knew I had a vague idea of what I was getting into. Now, and can I just say as well, just just to 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 get in, I, I, I this is almost to like validate your point of view. Uh, you're someone who. I think you're always aware of hype. What I I always feel as though you can be like, okay, they're super hyped, but I still think they're shit. So the fact that thank you, do you know what I mean? Like I, I think that you you don't get suckered in by hype, despite being aware of it. You know, so yes. like I just like the listener to know that anything that Zach will say is not being influenced by the massive hype that's coming. This is actually how he feels about it. And I think that's going to eat us for this podcast as a whole. We're not going to be like, oh my God, this band is the best fucking band if we don't actually believe it. That's not that's not what we're into. So um, yeah. But anyway, you were about to get into the album. My I appreciate you saying that because it's, and that and that is a funny thing that you'd mentioned as well, because especially with an album like this, the more time, the more days go by and the more I listen to it, and the more I enjoy it and the more hype I see it garnering and the more people, I, the buzz I see building about it with anything, more hype and more buzz builds more negativity. So then I, I see more and more of the negative comments come out about the record and oh, this is overhyped and people are like it. And I'm kind of, and I, and I, and then I start to question myself, am I being suckered in by the hype? But I'm like, no, because I was really digging this. I, I, I just read, I, like you said, I it it not it really never matters to me how popular something is. I I've no, always same, and I've always been a big, and I hate the idea of. I've always, I don't even think that far about how people think about how perceive my taste in music, but I hate the idea. It's not that I hate the idea of people thinking this about me because I couldn't give a shit, but I hate <laughs> the idea at all of even thinking. Imagine having these really rare niche, but like El Muno. Like if we want to yeah. keep El Muno as this little secret that no one knows about, their little are obscure. Fuck, I champion who I listen to. I want every band I love to headline Glastonbury. I want so every- spoiler alert. That's the whole fucking idea behind this podcast. Yes, thank you. All I ever wanted to do, all I've ever wanted to do, is promote music. I fucking love music. Yes. I love, love, love music is the most important thing in the world to me. Like, I fucking adore this shit. And the only reason, like, I would ever champion, like, a band like El Muno is not for fucking cool points. No. It's because I fucking love them. Like, I literally, that story I told, like, after my first listen, I ordered it on Bandcamp. Yeah. Like, that's that's true. Like, that's how I am as a music fan. And that's all, like, I just I, I just wanted to raise that point because I'm always wary of of you know venturing into the world of these hype bands mm. because i don't want our reactions to them to be predicated on the hype or to, for people to think that our reactions are predicated on hype because that's not how we operate ever and i think you can see by like the ghost record you wanted to go in fucking two-footed on that album yeah. but you were like fuck it i'll hold my hands up it's great i was the same with oliver tree i was like everything about this i should hate but i fucking really dig this you know what i mean yeah it's like the, all these opinions that you hear here are they're genuine like they're genuine whatever else like, you know what I mean? yeah so, so yeah so that, that uh, so the yes so the the wet leg album is very much no matter what you've heard about it and negative or positive or hype wiser we are no shills we get nothing from promoting it i am talking <laughs> no. about this album because i genuinely want to talk about it and 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 another thing i will say is i'm not that big 
into indie or accessible big pop kind of acts anymore. I, I I spent my time with it as a young fella. I like the kooks and shit like that. And I mean, but I just I don't. And it's not like I I snub it or anything. I just in the in the general maelstrom of all the music I like, I don't get time. I don't I don't have enough a care to spend time on that type of shit anymore. I I think I listen to one other act signed to Domino Records, which is Alex G. So Wet Leg to me was. It's not something I'm usually familiar with, uh, but I mean, but it, I mean, it, all the influences are, are things I've heard before. So anyway, cut a long story short, you yourself, Rianne Teasdale, Hester Chambers, two-piece duo from the Isle of Wight, and they write, on the surface, they write sugary, instantaneous, catchy indie pop. But I, as I've said before on so many episodes of this podcast, I'm a big sucker for lyrics. I love the little details and I'm a big fan of repetition and monotony. If it's done right, if it's done with a point to, to get a message into your head and to really like instill an idea. And these are all things I think wet leg handle with with expert care for 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 two women in their like late 20s they're my age man they're are they're they're younger than you they're my age they're like 28 29 and this record just seems to be to use the old voice the old cliche voice of a generation this definitely seems to be a window into our generation's kind of musings and humor and perspective on a lot of shit using influences from the last 20 years of indie and pop rock. So, I mean, you've got the opening track being in love and that's such a sweet sugary little two minute instantaneous pop song. And it's a little pop rock song, real simple indie riff, real kind of jangly fuzzy chords. And, and I mean, and the lyrics are, and, and like, Rianne Teasdale, her her vocals for the most part, I, I you could argue she isn't the strongest vocalist, and that's something that she completely leans into and plays to her strengths. It's all very whispery and and deadpan, almost talking and muted and and really delicate and soft, and um, to a point where it's almost like you're having a conversation with her in like a quiet room at a party, and, and she's being really sardonic with you for being a dickhead and i mean and that and like being in love it, it's that constant repetition of um you know i feel like someone has punched me in the guts but i kind of like it because it feels like being in love and it's just these little these these simple little f- turns of phrase to remind you that being in love can be this fucking dose of a thing but it's a, it's a lovely little intro to lure you in before then they hit you with chase long which is a, a very clever thing to do put, put, put the big big single that got all the hype early in the record but don't give it to people instantly so being in love is almost like an intro track it's just, like i said it's just two minutes but then you get into chase long now after really deep diving chase long and going back to it and listening to it on repeat because it's such an addictive little bastard of a tune there's so much i like about it number one it's got a very almost vampire weekend kind of like composition with the real simple kind of indie notes. And then I hate using the term indie so much, but it is, the album is so that the album, it's such a naughty, it, it plays into all of the indie standard tricks. And that's something that I can understand why the album is getting negative press from some people, but I feel like the band are, I feel like the message of this self-titled Wet Leg album is message and humor and personality over musical composition the whole way through. And, and there's more points I'll make on that as I go on. But Chase Long, to me, is so clever. And it's so, and like I said, it's so deadpan. And to some people, it will just seem boring and it will seem smart arse and just and like it goes nowhere but i think it's so witty the, the there's that there's that mean girls quote you know um is your muffin buttered would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin and then that mm-hmm. moves on and then the next time it's is your mother worried would you like us to assign someone to worry your mother and 
there's a lot of kind of and, and, and it's, it's strange now for me to just go into this shit but there's so there's almost a sexual kind of subtext to the whole idea of going to school and college and independence you know mommy daddy look at me I went to school and I got a degree all my friends call it the big d so I went to school and I got the big d and like is she alluring to the fact that when we go to college we get independence and we have sex and we make choices we're not meant to make and do you want mm. us to assign someone to worry your mother so and then there's that and there's almost that twisting because of how much shit we hear about fellas in bands being bad bastards and and just acting up to no good there's that there's that cheeky line of hers at the end of the track you know hey you in the front row are you coming backstage after the show because i got a i got a chase long in my in living room in, in my dressing room and a pack of warm beer that we can consume so there's this weird and and, and it's and there's never there's never enough of a vulnerability in that track for her to give you insight into what what the fuck she's definitely talking about mm. is she talking about you know, lads and there, or is she talking about college or is she just talking about independent or is she just poking a bunch of buttons and making people that, and it's all done with such minimalism and such just the lines of that. So like, maybe I could be talking utter shit and reading into it way too much, but I don't, I don't think I am to an extent. And she, she seems like a clever enough and witty enough songwriter as the rest of the tracks show that I, I think Chase Long is being very, it, there's a there's a mad cleverness going on there in that minimalism for the fight. You feel like you want to say something? Uh, George just saying that like um, seventeen and a half million players on Spotify. So there you, you know, there's some. It's 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 resonating with some with is. some people. And then after Chase Long, it goes into Angelica. Now Angelica is just got again, and Angelica is like a little sweet, catchy kind of. It's it sounds like the yeah yeah yeahs. It's like that mm. jangly indie kind of almost art punk kind of little uh, groove to it. And again, the lyrics of Angel Angelica, the, all the lyrics seem very anecdotal, very slightly surreal but uh, and very direct. But there's a kind of like Angelica. We don't know if Angelica is uh, this fake, this character she's made up to talk about herself or that whole thing. You know, uh, it's like Angelica was on her way to the party. She doesn't need to wait for anybody. And it's, but it seems like it's all getting to this party to kind of describe the apathy of being a young person, getting a bit older, partying, kind of finding yourself in scenes with people you don't want to be in. Like, I love that line where she says, you know, uh, no, I don't want to follow you on the gram. I don't want to listen to your band. You know, I don't know what I'm still doing here. I was told that there would be free beer. It's kind of, it's like, what, it's like, no, I don't want to fucking keep texting you. I don't give a sh It's like, why, why am I doing this? Because I'm in my late 20s. And, and, then, and then it goes into that real dreamy, like uh, after the hook, there's that, it all breaks down, you know, it all comes to an end and it gets really washy and all these like droney effects. And I just, and then it builds back up. I think it's a lovely little track and it has that real fuzzy, almost psychedelic furs moment to it. And then it cuts back into that jangly little fucking, it's just such a clever little track and and I love the kind of vibes. I, I just, I kind of love the message of it that there's kind of, it's kind of like, why, what am I doing? Why am I still here? But it keeps using this Angelica character as a means of kind of following our journey into the party. I just, yeah, I just love that whole thing of, and it all comes to an end and, and it'll all start again, that kind of pattern that she finds herself stuck in. Then... So I think Angelic is a great tune. Then I Don't Want to Go Out comes on. Now, I Don't Want to Go Out brings my point back about lyrics, message, relatability, trumping composition for, for, for two reasons. One, the song literally interpolates slash rips off slash takes enough but leaves out enough to not have to give a writing credit to Nirvana's cover of the man who sold the world. Yeah. The the song literally and but it's almost so on the nose it has to be purposeful. It has to be because the track literally has a but it's got it's missing like two or three notes enough to just just exempt it from actually yeah. the writing credit. But it has to be a purposeful interpolation. The same way um 
the second Mom Jeans album, Poppy Love, there's a track on that album. I think it's Glamorous. The ending of Glamorous turns into the ending to Undone the Sweater Song by Weezer. Yeah. And, and that is so purposeful. That is so a cheeky fucking... It, it sounds like a band in a practice room. I and, think I think that the, the, this track, I Don't Want to Go Out, is definitely doing that. Yeah, and, and it's doing... A hundred percent. It yeah. is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's doing... It's giving you that... This is our first album. We wrote most of these songs in lockdown, not knowing if anyone would listen to them. This is the sound of us jamming out like a song in the studio and one of our guitarists being really cheeky and being like, oh, I could fit in the fucking man, yeah. the world lead here. That, that, so anyone who's like, they ripped that off, man, come come on. They knew full well what they were doing here. But it's I, not an accident. No, no, that's a very conscious decision. To yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, but I really like I Don't Want to Go Out. It's a simple... Cool. Lush little acoustic kind of driven indie track. I I don't want to go out to fun, but then Wet Dream comes in. Now, Wet Dream is savage. And Wet Dream is a track that and oh no, okay, and, and another thing I'll say is you can argue to me that if you have to research something it uh, to make it better or deeper or stronger to you, it's not worth it. That's fair enough, but I I disagree, but I I loved this track just from discovering it and listening to it on repeat and then and loving the lyrics as they were. And then I did a deep dive into the lyrics and found out even more about them. But even at the time of like first listen, I was enthralled with the track. Um, now, Wet Dream, again, super standard. I've heard this riff a million times. I've heard this upbeat percussion so many times, these little gang vocals. But even the hook is be me up, uh, count me in, three, mm-hmm. two, one, let's begin. And that just seems like such a simple little indie. Be me up, count me in, three, two, one, let's it's begin. It's like um, let's make love, listen to death from above. Is it CSS? Was that them? I, I don't actually know. That one. Yeah, it was. A, it's, I get that real, real bang it out after that, yeah. But but what's actually but what I didn't realize is Be Me Up is actually an Instagram account for g- girls or women to to share posts and experiences they've had with soft boys, which is a term online for lads who play the whole really. Into- I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy in two <laughs> thing to lure ones in and then they're fucking psychos. So no yeah, so beam me up is like this account pe- girls like actually post to when they've had fucking horrible encounters with lads. So that that's a real clever little nod to kind of the subtext of the track. And then you know, I was you were in I was in your wet dream driving in my car. You know, ba- he said, "Baby, do you want to come home with me? I've got Buffalo '66 on DVD. DVD, yeah. yeah. Like I've got this cool indie." a 90s movie so I kind of like movies and cinema even though there's like a lot of intense sex scenes in it but that's just because I like arty movies and stuff. but you know it's like seeing through the bullshit of those fucking lads like that that's the kind of vibe I get from that is kind of you know I just that line the first time I heard it <laughs> do you want to come home with me I've got Buffalo 66 on DVD yeah. that's the one that's the sleaziest fucking that's the fakest sleaziest fucking chat up line ever so I just it's like <laughs> if you're at a gig and you're like I have their first EP on vinyl yeah yeah you it's know like bullshit it, like it's up yeah. your own bullshit and then, yeah. and then and then I love the but I, I just need and then I love the uh you know that that line uh what makes you think you're good enough to think about me when you're touching yourself? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's like, there's a bravado to that. And like, there's a, there's like a kind of like a, a self ownership there because I mean, how, how and I, again, I, I hate being the, I hate being the straight white man kind of <laughs> seeming like I'm putting words into a, a woman's, a, a, an artist's mouth, you know, and, but this is just my interpretation of it that, you know, we hear so much, we hear so much like indie from the point of view of lads who like mm-hmm. and all the songs are always putting women in weird kind of sycophantic lights. And then most of the time we hear pop music, it, it's women yearning to be loved and all. So I, I love the, the, the kind of, there's almost this, there's almost this, this not even pissed off, but this nonchalant kind of like, I'm fucking done. 
with like with with lads and their bullshit and you know and and I, I'm not even going to give them the energy of getting mad about it. But this this is just my witty analysis of everything that I've kind of I've seen with my own two fucking eyes. And that that seems to be a thing throughout the album and on Wet Dream. Just that that whole you know what makes you think you're good enough to think about me when you're touching yourself. It's kind of like. The idea of like, if you know, the whole thing of girls being sent unsolicited dick pics. Now, I have mm-hmm. never been sent an unsolicited dick pic, but the whole idea of lads approaching you to tell you, oh, you were in, I was dreaming about you. Like, I don't fucking need to know that. Like, yeah, I don't want to fucking, you don't need to share that shit just because what makes you think you're good? I love that. There's a fucking, there's an, like it said, you, you read a clip, uh, an excerpt from a review that said she has bite and she does underneath her real soft kind of smoky, almost spoken word at times deadpan delivery there's such a a, a snarl and a, and a little bite to the to her lyrics and then so i think wet dream is just a great little track i think it's it's so catchy mm-hmm. i cannot stop listening to it and then and i mean even even when you think about if you look up the music video to wet dream they're like lobsters they're in lobster outfits out in the field and they're hanging out with these guys and stuff but then you know the lobster movie mm-hmm. which is about colin farrell not being able to find a partner and if he can't he'll be turned into a lobster so you're telling me that didn't pop into her head when they were designing the video and her experience before being in wet leg uh Rian teasdale was being a costume designer so there's there's a whole lot of deep thought going into this shit that's not being hit over your head there's a lot mm-hmm. of it's a it just, there's deep thought, but it's in a minimal execution, which I love. So I think a lot of people are writing them off as overly simplistic and stuff, but they're not given, they're not listening with the right ears, man. And then I think after Wet Dream, you start to get the first kind of well convincing. I really like convincing. Really kind of goes almost for a Fleetwood Mac like almost Stevie Nicks kind of sultry weirdness in the, in the, in the kind of the smoky lilt of the vocals. I can hear that. Yeah. So I, I think convincing is a nice little, it's, it's definitely not one of the deeper or kind of more memorable tracks, but there's a, there's a lovely little, I love even the kind of the weird spaciness of her vocals in the verses. I, I think convincing is a nice little midpoint cut, but I think the reason I don't get so blown away by convincing is because it's the track after convincing that I think is beautiful. And I have no problem, no qualms about holding up my hands, which I'm literally doing right now, and admitting that the next song made me cry. And it's made me cry more than once. Uh, The track's called Loving You. Mm -hmm. And I think Loving You is a beautiful little indie song, man. It's a lush, quiet, fragile song. And it's such a... And you know, it's so bog standard, lyrically musically everything about it is so late 90s early noughties indie acoustic pop song but again what i love about this wet leg record is the message and the relatability and the sincerity that's prioritized over the compositions here Mm -hmm. like they said in an interview uh i think uh hester chambers said in an interview recently that when they wrote this album they wrote these songs mostly in lockdown with no intention of anyone ever hearing them these were just songs for them to write as just a means of having the crack and as just a means of like artistic expression. So they didn't give a shit if the tracks had like, if the tracks had similarities to the bands they listened to, or they, they didn't sound like they were breaking the mold. They, these were just songs for them. So, yep. and they said themselves, now that'll probably change now that so many people will be anticipating album two. They don't know how they'll have to write that. But this album is very much about what's being said more so than how it's being said, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So with Loving You, like it's a breakup song, man. And it's just a song about being in touch with an ex. And But there's just such, there's such a fragility in her in. Uh, Rian Teasdale's voice when she just you know that that chorus the uh, I don't want to have to pretend mm-hmm. you know, no I don't want to meet your girlfriend like you know there's and there's that line uh, you know don't call me up you fucked it up I'm not your friend I'm not your pal and it's like you know you don't like you don't get to break my heart fuck me around and then go away for a while and come back and be like oh we're all grown up now yeah though. yeah be friends now it's like no man you you wasted a portion of my life and fucked around with my emotions like so there's a real 
there, there's that track is just really vulnerable and really beautiful, and I just think there's there's so, and like and for how witty and how deadpan and funny and entertaining the, the lyrics have been the whole way through. Loving you is where the guard finally comes down, and it's like. <laughs> I'm really mad at you because I cared about you. I'm not just sick of lads because they're annoying and, and I feel like I deserve better and, and I shouldn't have to put up with this shit. But, you know, it, that's the first moment where there's like, uh, I'm really hurt by what you did. And by, it's by the what most you, fragile moment. Yes, it's, there's a full-on vulnerability being displayed there. And it's kind of like all jokes aside, I'm really fucking hurt with what yeah. you did to me. And then... And then, and then once that once that's kind of been expelled, that bit of honesty and emotion, we get your mom, and the yeah. fact that you even it goes from a track where she says, "I don't want to have to pretend, I don't want to meet your girlfriend," to you know this like how sad and hurt I am and how I'm having trouble, and then the next track is your mom. And it's, you know, when I think about what you've become, I feel sorry for your mom. And like, and, and that immediately goes back to like, fuck you. Yeah. It's, it's your fault. And, uh, and, and then even the chorus, the, you know, uh, uh, I need you to forget me. Yes, I loved you. That was crazy. Uh, but now you just don't motivate me. And it, it's, and it, it, there's almost a journey of processing a breakup there where mm-hmm. like loving you is that moment of, Oh my God! Why do why? And then and then it's like no, fuck you. You know I feel sorry. Your mom raised the cunt. You know I, I you know that, that you treated me like that. You know I can't believe I loved you. Like when I think about it, when I, I don't want to be in a fucking relationship with you now, it'd be shit. And so it is. Yeah, I loved you. That was crazy because you just don't motivate. So there is. I lo- loving you just allows that moment of. Oh, and then your mom's like, no, fuck that, fuck him. So I and I so I I just love the fact that there's a constant. There's a through line in the material. And you can say like, oh, all the songs are about one thing. They're all about, yeah, but if there's, if there's actually like a continuity and there's a form of like characterization and journey through the songs, which there is, like you can hear, like I said, from loving you to your mom, you can hear the process of the different stages of being in the breakup and processing, getting over someone. And, 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 and anyone can relate to that. And then when mm-hmm. you slap that messaging on top of familiar, on, like, let's be honest, familiar, simple indie pop rock composition. But when you've got like wit and sincerity and a message on top of that, you're onto a winning formula. And then, I mean, you, and then you get to, oh, no. And with Oh No, I heard Oh No, but I saw the video for Oh No before I listened to the album. And Oh No's video almost adds to the track because Oh No is about dead scrolling, you know, just endlessly scrolling on your phone. (laughs) I I went home all alone. I checked my phone. Now I'm inside it. And... And it's got, it, again, it sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost this art punk, jun, 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 this monotonous no wave kind of vibe. And when she's, she's talking about like just the nonsense on the internet and she says, you know, uh, uh, pizza rat, I like that. It's just fucking, it's just all the inane bullshit she's seeing online, endlessly going down through it. But if you look at the video for the track, it's like her at a pier in a big out mad outfit dancing around. But when the chorus kicks in, there's like rapid fire, rapid fire, subliminal messaging almost of every single YouTube comment. They've re- negative ones they've received. <laughs> and if you like, and all you can see is, you know, uh, oh, these stupid ones have discovered shame and idols and think they can do it. And oh God, white girls trying to steal pop post-punk and, you know, oh God, why do teeny boppers need to get into the fucking, it's like, oh God, the state, oh, they're not even hot. They're not even, just all oh, this oh, nonsense, God. just just typical fucking hate that's going to come from the internet. And she's yeah, looking yeah. at the camera while it's all popping up. And it's almost kind of like, you best believe I read this shit. <laughs> Because I'm a fucking, I'm a normal human being yeah. creating art and I'm going to check my phone in the evenings and see all this shit. But then that, to put that in the video and own it is, it's such a fuck you. You know, mm. that that's the best you're going to contribute is your shitty little comment. I've put it in my video for people to laugh at how saddened you are and placated 
you are by putting up that comment. Like, I mean, that, that, that to me is the best fuck you ever on a song about like spending too much time on the internet to take those people's hateful comments yeah. and into the video. Like, look how sad these people are. Like, we're, we're, we're two best mates from the Isle of Wight who out of nowhere have gotten this record deal off of a really good catchy batch of indie tracks and people just can't ha- let us have that. They have to. They have to comment on our how we look and our uh, yeah. ability and compare us to other peers and all this. Like, give people a fucking break, man. So, oh, oh no, seems to really have that in in spades. Then we get to another, not as sad as loving you, but I will say that piece of shit verges on the same vulnerability as loving you, but. <laughs> But piece of shit has more of the, the kind of snarl and sark that the other tracks have. So piece of shit is almost like that. It's allowing herself that moment of, of sadness again, but also in a more kind of completed phase where she realizes it was the right thing. Like loving you is a really sad, vulnerable, I miss this person, whereas piece of shit is like, I miss this person a bit, but they really were a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. No, it's that, um, you know, you're like a piece of shit. Uh, and she talks about, you know, so you take off for a ride on your daddy's boat. And there's a, that's a lovely little, it's, just, it's almost like Frank Ocean in the sense where a lot of this stuff is could, could be quite faux, you know. It, a lot of it is, and it could be anecdotal to her experiences in a relationship, but then like a lot of it could be, amplified like frank ocean does to create narratives and visuals so the whole idea of your daddy's boat like the dude that she broke up it mightn't have a boat but it's that idea of you know upper class lads Mm. kind of being a bit more pompous and womanizing and stuff like that and so that whole idea of you take off for a ride in your daddy's boat piece of shit uh, you you don't know if you want to sink or float all those little things are so clever to me and like there's i love a good swear i love a good i love and shit's on yeah, so I love when there's there's like this uh, there's just this real kind of foul mouth almost this like this apathy to it underneath the wit, and that's what I love that there's never too much of a lean into the vulgar or into the vulnerable or into the sarcastic. It it all it's all unified in this minimal kind of open to interpretation attitude like a fucking like people of our generation have you know people so like i say things sometimes and people don't know if i'm being really sarcastic or i'm being completely genuine or i'm having (laughs) and and people are like zach are you still joking i'm like yeah of course and they're like oh we didn't know you know that's just almost where we are as a generation where sarcasm and absurdity and sincerity have all just blurred together in our weird personalities so piece of shit really is another real standout cut for me and then the last two tracks are, you know, that whole phrase that when you hear a song and it sounds like you've heard it before. Yeah. And I, I, that's always, that's a great sign of pop music. And there's something about those last two tracks, the penultimate cut, uh, Supermarket, that... It, it, it reminds me of like Noah and the Whale. Yeah. I found it very Weezer-y, actually. Yeah going to say it's got a Weezer kind of jangle to yeah. it. It's got that real it's it's so mid 2000s summertime kind of indie mm. pop and I love the message the, the lyrical messaging behind it the whole thing about you know the song the song is kind of about using the supermarket during COVID and how for a lot of people who were in lockdown and shit the only thing the highlight of their day the only thing that broke the monotony was going to the supermarket getting that little time in the supermarket so uh Rianne Teasdale said in an interview that she found herself queuing for Aldi one day and it felt like she was going to a fucking nightclub like she was almost pumped to go in and oh what am I gonna buy and because buying the food and going home and eating the food was like the peak of that time <laughs> like so uh, uh, so there's almost this it's this escapism the supermarket provides and that's why it's got that real dreamy acoustic Mm. kind of vibe to it so i think that's a lush lovely little song and then too late now the closer um i'm trying to think who too late what too late now reminds me of it it's got and it's got all the tricks of the trade too i mean it's 
it's the it's the indie debut album closing track with the the dun, 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 distant percussion and it's got that that guitar real minimal guitar line that's frosted in these like wavy reverb it, you know what it sounds like it sounds like kings of leon writing a song off of only by the night you know mm. it is it's got it's you know I what can i can mean? hear that yep mm-hmm. it's got that real almost stadium indie anthem kind of composition but with enough just ethereal reverb and, and echo on it and distance to push it into a, a softer kind of place mm-hmm. and there's that look and it's one of the tracks that showcases uh Rianne Teasdale's vocals I think the most or her her ability to flex her like I said she doesn't have the strongest voice but she knows how to lean into her voice so there's like that the I'm not going to fucking try but she's got that lovely really high lilt that goes on in the verses and then the chorus is kind of comes back down a bit. Uh, and I just think it's a, it's a really understated, like I said, it, because it's anthemic, but it's really pushed away in the production side of things mm-hmm. sonically. It, I think it's a real, like an understated kind of muted way to push the album down and, and, and slow it away. And I just think it's lovely. And I think, and it's a really short and sweet record. I mean, it's got it's 12 tracks, uh, but most of the songs cut in around two to three minutes, literally. Mm-hmm. So I, it's about 35 minutes. It's for, for a modern indie debut, it's it's relatively short. And there's just so much it, like I said, it, it's so it prioritizes its message and its relatability and its humor over its composition. And I love that. And it's the same way, like I said, I'm not the biggest indie fan, but I love punk music and I love hardcore and hardcore is a great example. Not all of it, but there's certain aspects of hardcore that are very much about the message and the, and the sincerity and the energy over the composition. Absolutely. Yeah. Get into the the bogged down in the music and the composition side of things. It's, it's been done before. It's a, it's a formula, but it's about how it's executed. And this is the same thing. These tracks are using tried and tested indie little turns of phrase at the production. It's a very well produced album, but it's very, the guitars are pushed right into the forefront and the percussion is very sparse and simple. And there's little moments of synth here and there. And, it knows when to put in an acoustic prime track a guitar as the primary lead. And it it's got it, it's it's very much and like I said, all the influences are there. You can spot Yaya Yaz and Hot Chip and fucking it's all there. It's very tried and tested indie pop. I'm not listening to this album to be wowed by the musicianship. I'm listening to it for the ingenuity, the sincerity, the wit the the genuine heart and like and soul that these tracks are written with there's such and there's such a, a cleverness and there's and the thing one thing i love as well is there's nothing worse than when a new band come along a big indie band and people push their album on you and the band don't sound like they're having any fun with their own tracks mm. wet leg sound like watch a wet leg live performance and they're both like they both look like they're on the verge of pissing themselves laughing because they're like, they're almost so shocked they've gotten so far and they're just vibing on how much fun they find their own songs. I mean, that bit in Chase Long where like the, the, re- the bit everyone knows where she's like, excuse me. And Hester's like, what? Mm. What? And it's, it's just so goofy and off the wall. And, and I think it's those little moments that I actually love. They're, they're like, they're my favorite parts in the album. There's even the one other bit I'd be remiss if I didn't mention was that uh, they one of I think one of them, Riantes, they lives or lived at one point in a gaff in London, above or near um, a therapy center where they practice scream therapy. Oh yeah, and she just does the big scream and the. She'd be hearing that go on and be like, "What the fuck is that about?" And then yeah. found therapy going so that moment in your mom i think is hilarious when the track just breaks down and she says in her real because she has a real gentle speaking voice mm. you know i've and her posh little while of white accent i've been practicing my loudest and longest scream here we go three two one and it's just this fucking bellow of a shriek and then na, 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 and she's just shrieking over it do you know that's the thing there's a i'm a weirdo 
and I love weirdness and I love goofiness and I hate fake quirk and you can hear that shit from a mile away and you can accuse them of this maybe but to me they seem like two fucking goofy ones and they seem like two goofy people who've put in every bit of their own little just goofy humor and mm. sad and wit into these bog standard 12 little indie tracks that elevates them to a really curious memorable place and it's just and just and with the timing 2022 after lockdown we're just we're a lot more aware we're a lot more in tune with shit and we're a lot and i think we're a lot more just kind of copped on when it comes to certain ideas no no, we're not at all but we like to think we are woke is out there and woke can be manifested and stolen like i said mentioning soft boys pretending they're woke and all that and there is i you know we often say it seems it seems like the younger generation in school are a little more in tune with shit than we are so so there almost seems to be that because like I said, wet leg are like our age, but there's definitely not only is it resonating with their own generation of people who the album was written kind of about and for, but then the, the generation coming next, they're obviously clicking completely with the material and with Teasdale's assessments of relationships and lads and internet culture mm. and all. It's, in, it's reminding my, our, our generation of the indie pop we grew up with and it's also probably like introducing a bunch of younger kids to these smart little snappy simple more a, a time when indie was just more about the tune and the vibe rather than being overtly artistic or complex so I, I that's why I think it's resonating with so many people in so many fields I I really think this Wet Leg album is a lovely little gem of a debut I don't think it's a classic and I don't think it's going to sh- reshape the landscape of music, but I think it's a dynamite, cracking, intelligent, fun, endearing, emotive, thoroughly enjoyable collection of lovely indie pop songs with almost little emo flourishes. And, you know, that was the main thing I told myself when I was listening to it. And just as I noticed, it was getting really popular and I found myself really liking it and seeing it being kind of oversaturated in the market. I kind of brought myself down by saying, hey, ignore the fact this is a Domino Records album that's on every billboard at the moment. Imagine if this was the latest run for cover record signing that literally has 500 views Mm. on their music video think about it like a new indie pop emo band who it's just for them and listen to it and think about it on that level and i did and i could not just stop loving and smiling and laughing and connecting with it and i cool um, love i think it's great i have been very quiet in this review so far you have um, which i've kind of yeah i've wondered i don't like this at all <laughs> um I find myself, man, there's so much of what you're saying that I can, I hear, yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I just disagree so wholeheartedly with a lot of what you're saying. I think this is absolutely style over substance. This is so fucking surface level. I I genuinely dislike most of it. Like, genuinely. Um, I think the sound of it is fucking awful. I hate the drum sounds. The drum machine sound is horrible. The guitar, jangly guitar is, like you said, it's really in your face and it's up front. It's fucking horrid. I hate her voice. Um, the first song on this that I find anyway passable is Wet Dream. Um, I, it's got a bit of life in it, at least. It's the first moment that breaks away from that shitty indie tempo of the first four songs it is catchy i agree i like the line what makes you think you're good enough to think about when you touch yourself it's a great line uh the over repetition of enough made me want to fucking like throw myself out of the cars i, I just, love that oh it's man enough, it's, enough, it's, it's enough. awful uh, I, love it. I love it convincing sounds a little bit looser a bit more natural i like the piano bit in the chorus loving you is definitely the strongest song on here definitely um, it's louche and languid and the lyrics are a bit more fragile rather than arc and knowing, you know. And that is where my positives end. Oh no is absolutely fucking abysmal. That is <laughs> that song is so terrible. Supermarket <laughs> is dreadful. The high, 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 high bit in supermarket. Have you just 
let me fucking go on and on for it's a half hour. Horrifying. Second is, and now you just kicking everything. I hate so much of this album, man. I hate it. Um, I okay. So I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here, okay? And I apologize in advance. I the reason I mentioned at the start is that you know that all of your opinions are your own you're not buying into the hype it's just you like this record and i'm fucking happy you do and i always try and put myself in a position of right something is big i don't like it but i can see why people like it i am failing to see why anyone likes this i don't understand I it i don't you I know, I and I, I'm I'm listening to you, and yeah. I've taken on board everything you've said, and I just I I don't think it's that smart. I think I agree compositionally. It's it's average at best. Yeah, yeah. It's not about the, the composition. No, I, I I think that's a very valid point. Um, I don't like the the kind of so smart so kind of cool too cool for school kind of lyrics i don't like them that fucking you're so woke diet cock oh fuck off like i love it i, I love hate it. i can i say one thing before you, you can continue? you can what i think what i what i think is so funny here is that one comparison i did not make that i thought about making that i have used with other people about wet leg and more so about Rianne Teasdale's lyrics and deadpan approach and repetition and so uh, it's too smart about oh, everything you just said. Yeah. I like because it reminds me and I find it very reminiscent, a lot of her technique and style and ethos of idols who I also know you do not like. Oh, for, I and, fucking hate That's idols. another one of the reasons I think <laughs> triggers you with idols. The, Maybe. I, man, I just wait on the repetitive kind of that. The, one of the first things I took from mm. Chase Long and and oh, oh hold on now a second, Chase Long, right? I keep I keep hearing about how it's this really great single and seventeen and a half million fucking plays on Spotify and oh it's this and it's that. It's one of the cleverest quirky singles and all this shit. There's articles written about the band behind Chase Long and all this stuff. Yeah, that song fucking sucks. Yeah, oh, it's a banger, man. No, oh my god. I, do you know the way um you know the way I said that I got absolutely nothing from Pinegrove? Yeah. Pinegrove is like fucking okay computer compared to this. <laughs> this is fucking up. Oh, it's abysmal. Uh, it's abysmal shite. Myself in the shower, man, just like on the chase long, on the chase long, all day long. Oh, I just meant. And then I go into work, and everyone said the same thing all day long, all day long, on the chase long. Like, <laughs> it, this this shit, <laughs> this shit drives me fucking mad. An instant classic, my bollocks. No one is going to think about this album in five years' time. This uh, this is going to disappear like the trendy nonsense that it is. This is oh, Urban Outfitters, the album. This is <laughs> absolute <laughs> trash this reminds me of all those times that i've gone to places i've gone to these indie nights when i knew i didn't want to be there and i saw people dancing ironically in their fucking stupid clothes doing stupid shit that i stupid hate this is i don't like this music i am not the biggest fan of indie it takes a lot for indie to really resonate with me and i'm the this, same i'm the exact same man this contains Everything I hate about music. Everything. It is all hype, no heart. It is fucking just... Like, I when I'm in the car, I never, ever, ever am in silence. I always have music or a podcast on or something like that. When this finished last night, I had a, I had a 45-minute drive. So I had about 10 minutes after the album was finished. I put it on as I left my house. And I had 10 minutes and I just sat in silence after it, just thankful that I didn't have to listen to it anymore. I've listened to this, I've listened to this six, seven times. And every time I found myself more and more consumed by hatred, I fucking despise this album. This is absolute top shop bullshit. 
Uh, it's going to be on loads of ads and loads of this and loads of that. This is, I, I aside from loving you, which there's actually, oh, a little glimpse into the person behind it. I think if you want to take this as commentary on all the situations they face in their life, fair play. I don't get any of that. I think it's all just these witty retorts and like, oh, we're so clever and the internet is this and the internet is that. You're like, maybe it's just because I don't like that stuff. I don't like the internet culture. I don't like influencer culture. I don't like, and this just reminds me of all of that shit. I don't fucking like that shit either, man. <laughs> don't love me in with No, that. I'm not. I'm, that's, that's not what I'm saying, but it, maybe it's just because it reminds me of that stuff. That it just I just you almost it just fucking pushes me so far away. There's nothing on this that draws me in. And if I could find solace in a really good production job, maybe I'd help. But I hate the sound of this. Like this that drum machine that just rattles on through the first four tracks is fucking awful. It Would sounds you know like biscuit tin fruity loops bullshit the guitar sound is terrible i know it's indie i know i'm not looking for i don't want virtuosic music i'm not looking for you know ridiculously over the top talent and all that stuff i know what this is supposed to be and it's just wrapped up in this horrible sounding package i here's one for you do you know as, who produced the album um, no uh, it, you you don't know him, but okay. he, <laughs> I just find it ironic that um, your one of your all-time favorite bands is Tool. Possibly my favorite band, yeah. And the drummer's name is Danny Carey. <laughs> the producer of this album's name is Dan Carey. No way. Yeah, no shit. That's funny. So, so now you've got a Dan Carey, a Danny, a Danny Carey in the music world who you cannot respect enough, and a Dan Carey in the music world who you've just utterly shit on. He's probably first big project. I just <laughs> and like to be honest, like man, when I the way I approach music is whenever I press press play on something, I want to like it. That's my attitude always. I want to like stuff. Like I want to enjoy music. And we're I not drew, like we're not what. We're not haters. We don't no, go- absolutely not. I'm not. All I want to do is enthuse and be over the top about how great everything is. That's all I want to do. But sometimes I'm faced with something that just pisses me off and alienates me. Like I can take, you know, something like, I don't know, fucking Yumi at six or that nonsense. Oh, God. Yeah. Like I just, I just think I can ignore them. They're just bland, nice boy bullshit. Like, they're just shit. They're boring so, shit. Straight and bland and forgettable and awful. But it's just forgettable. Like, you know, it's not offensively bad. Uh, this is offensively bad. Not offensively bad. This is not offensively bad. When you're, you're, to me, it is. Nah, because, nah. right? Because I can't escape into the production. I can't enjoy the compositions. I don't like the sound of her voice. All of those things are things that I can use to get around songs I don't like. Yeah. And I don't get any of them here. In other words, you you, you can't find a redeemable quality to latch to. Like I said, Loving You is good. I like the piano sound on the chorus of Convincing and Wet Dream has a bit of attitude about it. That's it. They're my positives for this album. I... Well, you've got tyranny's positives in, in that and in those eight seconds, and you've got my <laughs> positives for the first hour of the fucking podcast. Yeah, pretty so much. You, yeah, you've got both sides of the of the You see, I wanted to I wanted to let you talk about it because I, I feel like like you know, that opinion is obviously the over the overbearing opinion. That's the the you know, that's what's out there. So I want that to be represented. I want us I want for the record to show what people think of this album, you know, and I think you've done a, I think you've done a brilliant job of, you know, finding deeper meaning in this album and you've, you've researched it and you've gone into it and all that stuff. Whereas I just don't believe any of that stuff. I don't think it's a commentary in anything. I don't believe them. I do not like this album. It is 
it is the sound of fucking yeah like that like oh i just i don't know i don't want to call it like that influencer culture or whatever but it's that like i can just see this when i go into like if i go into urban outfitters or top shop or new look it's like this is what's going to be playing you know and i just the music in those shops is never good <laughs> and uh, i just man i I always try and find something to hang on to and something so I can be like, oh, that's why people like it. But I could not find it on this album. I think it's it's just really, really bad. Like, really, really bad. Um, but I am very happy that you have represented the the more popular opinion and possibly the correct opinion. But I just think, objectively, this is bad. I I don't think this is a good record and I don't think it's got clever songs in it and I don't think they're good songwriters. I, I that and I I and I I may I I stated all them objectively. I I think that Yeah, I just fucking I hate this man. I hate this. I hate it. I'm crying with laughter. I just, I just hate it. I had no idea you would go fucking in on this album this much. I just hate it because, man, it's indie. Like, it should be, like, completely inoffensive to me. Throughout my years of hating indie music, I have learned to just block it out and not let it get to me. But because I wanted to invest time in this because you you brought it to the podcast, you wanted to talk about it. I was like, right. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to do my due diligence as someone who is speaking about music. I'm going to give this every possible chance. And I fucking hate it. This is everything I don't like about music. Um, I just, I just don't like it. I, yeah, I just don't like it. So dear listener, the self-titled debut from Wet Leg, <laughs> a lovely 35-minute collection of sweet, relatable, uh, not overly complicated indie pop songs to put a smile on your face or a dirge into why of everything you think is wrong with modern indie and pop music. And no, 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 not modern indie and pop, just music in general. Everything I think, everything I think is wrong with music. If you want to, if you want insight, <laughs> you think is wrong with tyranny <laughs> in a half an hour. The wet leg album is for you. So, what either one of those recommendations? Yeah. Either more curiosity or just to put a smile on your face. Check out the wet leg album. Actually, that's my last point, and I, I will stop ranting and raving. Then, I, I could never recommend this to anyone. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know who this is for. You know what I mean? If it's someone said, for me, Sean. I'm glad it's for you. I really am. But if someone came up to me and said, I'm I'm not really big into metal or anything. Do you know any cool like indie records? I'd be like, um no. No. No, I don't. Uh no, but I, like in all seriousness, I'd probably say, Oh, you should you should try uh, Black Country New Road. It's you know, it's cool album and like you didn't even like black country new road but you can still but i understand you see this is my thing black country new road i didn't like either really like my favorite song was the instrumental one you know Uh, but i didn't like it but i can see the quality and i can see why people like it i have no idea why people like this music and you've talked to me about it for 40 minutes telling me why and i still just i'm like he doesn't mean that that's bullshit that's bullshit he's lying to me (laughs) (laughs) you know I, I obviously don't think that. And I completely respect your opinion. I wouldn't... I would like to the wise boy. Do you know what I mean? I, I fucking... I want to like everything I listen to. And I found very, very little to like in this. So, my friend, what would you give this out of 10? Or would you like me to go first? I'd like you to go first. Okay, I will give this... Um, oh... I'm so curious. So there's how many tracks? 12? 12. Okay. So I like one. I, I really like one song. Uh, so, and I also like, I also like bits of Wet Dream and I like the piano in Convincing. So is that enough to say I like two songs? Yeah. I like two. So two out of 12. Uh, okay, that's okay. We're in, we're in trouble. So that's about sixteen percent of the album. So one point six. So I'll give this 
two out of ten. Way we got there. I I give it a two. Actually, do, do you know what? I I I think that might be. That might be too generous. Oh no! No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think <laughs> I I actually I feel in myself. I actually feel bad giving it a two. So I feel like that's not right. I'll give it a three. You give it a three. I'll give it a three because that's very big of you. I I appreciate that. No, I'm gonna stick with two. <laughs> I gotta stick with two. I gotta stick with two. I just fucking don't like this at all. Raptured <laughs> <laughs> oh, any podcast. <laughs> I just fucking don't like this at all. I, I get well to you know it's brilliant because you know this podcast would be awful boring if it was literally just me spieling 40 minutes about how good it was and then you just went I agree yeah you, you know what, yeah 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 well these always make the better discussions uh fucking Sis- Siskel and Ebert vibe um I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with 7.5 out of 10 okay because I don't, I don't think it's strong enough to be an eight because, like I said, it's it's very complicated. Neither do I. Shit, <laughs> you don't. Fuck me. So I, I've explained that it's very it's composition isn't the name of the game with yeah. the album. Yeah. But I feel seven personally would be a little low because seven is usually when there's like something really lacking from the album. But I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of charm and wit and stuff I really engage with on top of the simple composition. So, like I said, seven too low, eight too high. I'm going to go with seven point five out of ten. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so definitely don't check out the Wet Leg album or according to Zach, you definitely should. So it's completely up to you, dear listener. If you feel like uh, kind of clever indie music, like I, ah, oh, calling it clever just felt wrong. It is. It's so clever, man. Okay. Okay. Um, it's so look, clever and it's so witty and it's great. I am very, very, very much in the minority with my opinion. So, and I'm happy to be there because that's just my opinion. It's it's what I what I truly believe. Um, I have no idea what I want to pick for next week. Um, so I don't, not a clue. Um, so yeah, let's let that be a surprise for episode twelve. Um, and I'll try to pick something that I don't absolutely hate. Yeah, maybe, and maybe don't try and just get back at me either. That I despise just just as a fucking punishment for I totally did not anticipate you absolutely like detesting wet leg. I didn't either. I did not expect myself to hate it as much as I do. I I haven't hated anything this much in a long time. No, this is definitely the most aggressive you've gone in on an album. This I know. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah. So I have no idea what's going to happen for episode twelve. Um. But yeah, thanks for hanging out with us for episode 11. That was us talking about Wet Leg and their debut album, Wet Leg. And look, fuck it, don't listen to me. What the fuck do I know? Uh, everyone seems to love it. So, you know, uh, maybe maybe they're right. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's leave it there. And I will, um, yeah, we'll catch up with you next week. Uh, this has been For The Record, episode 12. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at For The Record Pod. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, always remember, music is the best. Goodbye. Not all the time, it would seem. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>